Hello and welcome to Real Talk. My name is Alita and I'm a singer-songwriter who uses pop rock as a catalyst for hope. Real Talk is a podcast that features prominent figures in the music industry and beyond about deep personal truths and things they wished others would talk about but generally don't. This week's guest is Mike Turner, music supervisor Mike Turner. Mike Turner is an award-winning music supervisor, music editor, and music producer for film, television, and advertising. He's also a regular guest speaker and panelist at national and international music industry conferences. Mike has lived all over the U.S. and has a lot to say about music and supervision, as well as the process of creativity. Mike went to my college, Whitman College, so here we are to represent. Without further ado, Mike. My first question for Mike was how he stumbled into music supervision. I spent a few years kind of bouncing around um, doing kind of everything else that I could get my hands into in music because I knew that's where I wanted to work, but I, I, I didn't really know exactly what my niche was. Actually, directly after college, I went back to school for audio engineering because I thought maybe I wanted to be like a music producer specifically. Um, and, you know, I'd always played in bands in, in college and, and I in, turned in recording studio kind of stuff. So I felt like I needed more of a formal education in audio engineering because it was sort of too complicated for me to just like learn all of it by watching, you know, people I was interning with and that kind of thing. So I went to the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences in Arizona and, um, uh, got a technical degree in audio engineering, but I, I sort of through that learned that I, I don't, I didn't think I really wanted to be a professional like audio engineer producer as a career. Like, I, but it, it, it was like a really useful education and, and their skills that I use to this day in my work now, kind of a, you know, somewhere where there was a bit more opportunity and you didn't have to just be like absurdly talented <laughs> to do it. Um, so after that, I kind of moved all over. I mean, um, ended up spending six years in Chicago. It was kind of a time warp, but I, I really liked the city and was doing everything from writing about music to booking shows and DJing and, you know, playing songs and performing and, but still never really like able to like find a real foothold career wise, you know, I mean, at that point I was kind of realizing becoming a rock star and a songwriter was probably uh, a waning possibility for me. And I was still trying to find more of a business career in music. And I just kind of didn't know what to do. And then a, um, a friend of mine in the, in uh, the booking world uh, connected me with a, a friend of his who worked in publishing at the, at the time for um, Bug Music Publishing, which was the, the largest indie publisher in the world. Um, and they were looking for a rep in Chicago, like basically somebody that could interface with the ad agencies. And I knew nothing about publishing, but I had worked, you know, for a big alternative weekly in Chicago. I, I, I was at that time and I was doing their music accounts. So, you know, the ad agencies would place, you know, big, you know, paper music ads uh, because they used to do that in print because the major labels would buy like a page and, you know, the LA Weekly or whatever and advertise all their new releases. And the same thing in Chicago. So I knew the agency folks. And um, anyway, so they, I, I got along well with this guy from Bug and 
um, you know, they wanted somebody that knew the agency people, but also, you know, had sort of an A&R ear to the ground in the, on the music scene in Chicago. Um, so I, I did, even though I didn't really know what publishing was. And once I started doing that job, it really opened my eyes up to what music publishing was and um, just the exploitation of intellectual property of songs, not the records necessarily, even though that was a part of it, but songs. And I just had never really considered that distinction. And I didn't even know what a music supervisor was until I did that. And that's when I was like, aha, I wanna do this. Like, this is the, the side of the business that I wanna be on, but I think I wanna be a music supervisor. I wanna be a buyer rather than a seller. And the one thing that I felt like I really could kind of carve out a career for myself and become like a legitimate expert in, and I like that feeling. But no, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's specific to music supervision. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy the feeling of completing a creative project. So if that, whether that's like my, one of my own songs and I'm like, great, I like how this turned out. Uh, and I like when people hear it and they like it or, or whether that's finishing a movie that I got hired to music supervise and, and, you know, delivering that. Cause it's like, it's such a different, I don't know, I think kind of a different feeling of accomplishment than accomplishing something that's more, um, that that's that's less creative right because it's abstract anything creative is abstract so it's not like like um uh like painting a house or something where you start here and then you finish there and ta-da, it's great um it's just like the reason that i think these roles are so interesting to other people is because i think if you're if you don't have a very creative brain it's hard to imagine like how do you come up with that where do you start where do you finish like how does it how do you get it put together because there's no roadmap it's just like I don't know, figure it out and it happens. And so the, the, the finishing of a project like that, that is abstract. And I would say that music supervising a movie, you know, and wrangling all the different parts of music that go together into finishing that. And, you know, not only the creative aspect, but then the, the legal aspect, it's, I, I'm always like impressed with myself that I finished it and like nobody died, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so it's like that That feeling, I think, can be applied to things other than specifically music supervision, but I just, I like that feeling, so I, I tend to chase things, you know, creative abstract things like that. I love that. So how are you, like, so looking back at COVID, uh, and this is kind of just switching gears, but what, how are you surviving or thriving or like what, yeah, how's it going for you during it's been difficult. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I'm thriving, but I'm getting through it. I mean, it, it's hard. You know, the industry has been hit really hard. So yeah. it's been difficult uh, on my work. The, honestly, 2019 was probably my best year ever professionally. And then, uh, you know, I had some money and enough time enough you know, cushion to, to last for a while. And that's how this work goes it's project to project so you you know you work and that you get sometimes paid really well and then sometimes there's months and there's nothing and that and you just have to live on you know what you made um yeah. but uh but i had stuff lined you always have multiple irons in the fire you know things that and you can never be sure that any of them are going to pop off but usually you're, you're talking to like five or six or seven different producers directors people that want you to read their scripts They're like oh this is going to happen at this time probably we'll get our financing together like all this shit right and so i was pretty comfortable that like great um i don't have much to do right now but in march or april i got any one of these like five or six projects are they're going to happen within these two months 
if it's two one or two of them that's all i need you know they, they don't all all happen but like you know and so and then of course the pandemic hit and they all just fell apart like none of it it's all gone those productions don't happen anymore and so then you're like fuck <laughs> and there's nothing coming up because nobody can make movies and tv and so the whole industry was shut down for months so that definitely was rough and i i got lucky that my cbs show got renewed for season four which we didn't think was going to happen and then um and then this netflix movie came along kind of out of the blue but again that happens a lot too like most jobs that I get, I would say half are pretty unexpected. Some are like, I know I've been sort of talking to them about it for a while and then it finally happens, but probably the other half are just like a phone call. Somebody's like, hey, we need a music supervisor. We've got the blah, 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 are you available now? So that's what happened with this. So that's got, that got me through like the, the end of last year and, and this year, but it, the, the, the nature of the business is so networky that like it's killed all of that for the past year. Like you, I can't really network and I can't go to meetings and um, meet new directors and you just kind of have to hope the phone rings. So, what yeah. did you personally learn about yourself? Like that's kind of like the career stuff, the industry stuff, but was there anything that you learned about yourself that you were like, whoa, like I didn't know that until the pandemic? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think... I guess I I discovered that maybe I'm better at being alone than I thought I was. I mean, I'm an only child, um, so I, I'm, I feel like I've always like been good at being alone, but you never have to like test that for a whole year where you like can't really yeah. see anything. And it's not that I've not seen anybody for a year, but it it's definitely totally changes your social life, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so that's kind of, depressing and daunting but um but I like I actually like being alone I didn't think I would like be like like it this long and I, I I do want things to go back to normal but I haven't like fallen apart so I guess that's something that I learned okay two all right what's the funniest thing that's happened to you these questions are kind of all over the place but um <laughs> uh well you know one time at the college that you and i went to yeah uh, i think i a, know the story <laughs> oh i'm sure there, you may have heard several i, I don't know which one you think of, but there was the there was a uh a sorority that that i think it was for somebody one of their members birthday and they basically hired me to like serenade them mostly naked with my acoustic guitar while they squirted maple syrup at me and stuck oh money oh my god <laughs> So I got paid in sticky money that I had to peel off of me. <laughs> That's insane. Which which made going to the bank really interesting in a small town, but uh, that, that was a pretty funny evening. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. There's a lot with that. So um. So okay. So what about the hardest thing? So do you think this pandemic has been the hardest thing that you've been through, or, and how did you get through it, or what's what was something? I mean, no, I mean, I don't, I mean, this is, this is difficult because it's so like ne never ending, you know? I mean, I think it, yeah. this, the pandemic stuff is hard because it's not hard every day. It's like cumulatively hard, you know? Yeah. It's just exhausting. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I don't know. Probably I'd say like my dad committed suicide um, oh, like geez. 10 about 10 years ago so that that was pretty hard i'd say that's probably the hardest thing oh my <laughs> that, god 
that I've had to deal with. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how I dealt with it. Like that, that's, those are things that you just did get, you just deal with or, you know, like, I don't know that I dealt with it really specifically. <laughs> um, but it's just, you keep waking up every day and I had like a lot of friends that were really good to me. Um, and, but yeah, I mean that, and it, that, that was like, um, kind of like right in the middle of my first feature film as a music supervisor too. I'd done some advertising uh, prior to that, but I hadn't done a movie and I just started doing this movie and then that happened and it was just like, everything was on fire. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I'm so sorry. That's, yeah. Yeah, no, so that that's pretty hard. I mean, it's kind of hard to like, uh, to like beat that in terms of like things that are hard. <laughs> yeah. but, so that's in a way like, you know, I mean, those like, terrible things in life happen and you know I guess it's good to know how you react to them <laughs> yeah so oh man <laughs> I don't know what to, uh, um yeah so okay so real talk what is something you think is important to talk about then like that people often don't like here's a platform to talk about whatever I think, uh, well, I think probably like mental health issues, you know, okay. I mean, I, uh, and now more than ever, because it's the, uh, you know, I think the pandemic and people and the isolation that comes from it has been really difficult mentally for so many people, but, but, and, and I think that's good. I feel like more people are talking about it than ever before. I seem to see more like awareness or calls for awareness around it, but, um, you know, even, like when it comes to things like suicide, like it, it is this sort of like hidden, uh, you know, nobody knows what people are going through. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there is a stigma about talking to it and they're talking about it and, you, you know, people admitting that they need help and stuff like that. So I would like to see more, and I'm not an expert at it at all. Like I don't even know if I could like direct anyone specifically to an organization that I would recommend, but I'm glad to see that I, I feel like there's more uh, starting to be more talk about it and I think there could always be more I think it's only healthy if people are very like open about like mental health there issues and and like yeah, yeah. Need for con I mean that's something the pandemic has shown is the need for connection right like we need yeah. each other like do you think men specifically have a harder time sometimes like saying they need help you know what I mean or is maybe I think it could, it's possible. Um, I mean, I think because of the way that like maybe men are socialized or, or always have been, you know, that, that kind of um, masculine archetype is a very like, don't talk about your feelings and ask for help. So yeah. probably, I, th I think that especially for older generations, like, you know, like the, my, the one my dad is from, like, I think that was very much the case for him. Um, and I, you know, that I, I, I can relate to that too. So I would say probably, but it's also, I'm sure an individual thing. Like it's hard, it's hard to talk about your problems and ask for help, I think for anyone. <laughs> really cool. That's really important to, to discuss. So, okay. So what's the, your favorite show that you've done? What's I, well, the one that I'm like kind of most proud of, I mean, it was, it was, it was a, like a simultaneously like a nightmare to do uh, and also like a, a like a great joy at the same time, but I guess sometimes that's how creative projects are. They're just like yeah, exhilarating and horrifying all at the same time. Um, was Under the Silver Lake, and that came out in uh, 2018. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, I was I worked on that movie for like two and a half years, and you know, we licensed like sixty songs into that movie. Um, it was a huge amount of music plus you know like a full two hours of original score it was just like the, the whole movie was about you know pop culture and music and everything was super referential so and it was just a really heavy lift because you know we didn't have it was a, still an indie movie it was like a 10 million dollar indie movie so it was a decent budget for an indie movie but still like with the amount that they were trying to accomplish musically it was stretched to its po farthest possible point so just being able to pull that off was was like to, like the music supervisor olympics to me <laughs> no that's that's awesome i've seen the preview for that everybody who's who's watching or listening you've got to watch it it looks really good yeah it's it was <laughs> it was very polarizing people either seem to love it or hate it which yeah. is fine I'm, I'm too like it's hard for me to be objective because i was like you know i have like stockholm syndrome about that movie because uh, you know it took so long to do i think yeah. there's a lot of great things about it but i understand the criticisms too but it does look beautiful it's really well acted the music is awesome i think those things are pretty universal <laughs> yeah exactly and how do so last question with music industry like how do you not how do you kind of have i feel like you have pretty tough skin right you have to be around all kinds of personalities all kinds of projects how do you just yeah. let things like how do you <laughs> I think yeah yeah you definitely have to I mean that's one thing you have to learn I mean music supervision it's really easy to be like really excited to put your favorite songs in everything all the time and you learn real fast that you, it's not about that it's not it's not about my taste or my and my favorite songs it's you know it's it's not my project I didn't write it I didn't film it I didn't direct it so you're coming on to fulfill somebody else's creative vision so once you kind of realize that you're there to help them realize the things that they want and not the things that you want, um, then you can sort of separate your ego from it a little bit more. Yeah. But but it, yeah, you 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 hear no a lot, and I all the time will pitch songs. You know, like well, like I'll find the perfect thing. I'm like, oh my god, this is great. And then you play it for the director, and they're like, eh, I don't know, it's not not really what I, you know and you you want to be like how could you not think this is perfect it's perfect but you can't argue with them like that because they that music is so visceral you you either get the feeling or you don't and if you don't get that feeling you can't be talked into it you know yeah um, so when you play it and you play it against picture it either clicks for the person uh you know and mo usually i find though that when it does click when it really works most of the people in the room kind of share that feeling hmm. um uh, i definitely like things sometimes where you know, the other people don't see that but even once we replace it with something else that maybe i don't like as much when it clicks for everybody i still feel it that same way I'm like I, okay it works i agree that it works i might still like the other song better but i see why like you guys like this and it, it fits so you know it's your movie <laughs> yeah no, like yeah. a theater production you know like putting everything together it's yeah, you get goosebumps when the music is right and then it hits the picture in the right way. It's like, yeah. you, you don't, it's easy to, like, everyone just gets it. But to get to that point it takes a lot of trial and error and like, no, 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 and things that sometimes you really want something to work when it doesn't. So you'll try to talk your, like, that also is a thing where, like, I love a song and I want to find, I want to put this song somewhere and I'll be like, it works here, right? It kind of, and I want to, like, talk myself into thinking that it works. Yeah. Even if it maybe doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so true. Um, 
cool. Well, Mike, how can people find you if you want them to find you or where do you want to direct them if this is like on Instagram or on Spotify? What? Uh, well, I guess my Twitter, my Twitter's public. That's kind of my main like public facing social media. Okay. So that's uh, MPC Music on Twitter. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to talk to you, Apollo. Still morbidly thinking of every little exchange. It's been a month of Sundays, babe. Well, I'm not much, but all the same. Honestly, I don't know why